0: Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal, with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. So, it's our angry episode. No. The last few months have so penned down this, this consistent issue that MSPs have been having. Like, you know, I came from the corporate world and we have some very large issues out there. Like one of the biggest issues in the corporate world is is, is silos oh, and yeah. the oh fact that we have these departments that do not talk to each other.
1: Like, I, we did, we did a podcast did. on <laughs> silos, I think even, yes, it's awful. Yeah,
0: we did because it was normal for me. Like that, that was the biggest problem. And like, there's something going on in the MSB industry and it was bugging me and I could not put my finger on it until like I needed to figure out some way to easily say it. Cause what we're finding was I came into this industry because I wanted to make it so that technology people talk to businesses and break out of their silo of, I only do technology and into like, how do I help a business? Yes. And I, you know, it was too complicated. You know, the, the, as you said, used to say, like the elevator had to be really tall for me to get, <laughs> Yeah,
1: you
0: know, and so. I had this, I've had several podcasts and several meetings and in between going to it nation and hearing from people just like in person, their stories, I came up with the, the, it, it occurred to me. The problem is the vendors have brainwashed MSPs into being resellers. And I think the aha moment began when it, when Microsoft changed their licensing. So they are trying to go direct to consumer. Yep. And everybody was angry about this. and I could not figure out why everybody was angry. (laughs) Like, you know, Microsoft licensing, hooray confetti for everyone. And MSPs had gotten so used to reselling that they became dependent on it. And you're getting these penny wide margins. You're a service provider, not a retailer. That's true. And because we are so awful at sales. We just fell behind the people who knew how to do
1: sales. Microsoft, Lenovo, Dell, oh, Compellent, whoever you can find. Cisco, I mean, Cisco. Uh, they're a big one. I mean, the Cisco sales organization is, I mean, there's probably a lot of adjectives uh, that you can throw at that one. But, you know, it is a a very dynamic and and moving machine. And uh, i I don't think I deal with as many of them as I used to, but you know, um, the, if you're a Cisco partner, you know you're you're part of that sales engine, and they're always pushing the the gas pedal on that on that engine.
0: Yeah, and it's clear and it's easy, and you have a process to follow. I know if I sell a laptop, I will make a hundred dollars. We t- I talked about that in the last podcast a bit with Bruce, and the whole point is like you're making hundred dollars on that one laptop once every four years. One time. yep. And they like, "Oh, yeah, but then I'll have a support contract to support it. Do you have the support contract or are you just waiting for it to break? And so where is your service in alignment with the business problems? This is no longer something we talk about. We talk about how do I sell more laptops, more assets and more software to my customers? Cause that's how I make money. And it makes you feel good as a business owner because you can say, hey, we did 2 million ARR last year. Annual recurring revenue. Oh, look at that, 2 million. And because we're not business people, we don't understand that 2 million means jack until we go to sell our company and no, no one will buy it because your margins only exist to employ your personnel. Yep. And so you have literally literally have no margins. You've been counting your salary as margin. That is incorrect. Your, Your margins, your EBITDA, you need to figure out these different terms in business so you understand that you should be able to pay yourself and still have profit. You don't pay yourself out of your profits. You pay your bonuses out of your profits. You should have a normal salary as a business owner and then have and then have stuff at the end of every quarter, end of every year to take out dividends or do profit sharing with your employees. And that is how you know you're successful. However, because we're selling with such small margins and we're selling break fix like that. We don't have the profits that we should have. I've been in the IT forums and watching this and people come, people like, oh yeah, that's your profit. You pay yourself with that. Your, your salary is your profit. I'm like,
1: no, that's operating cost,
0: which is why you're stuck in the role.
1: That's it. It's operating cost. And I don't think, um, you know, a lot of MSP owners really, or MSP leaders really get that is, you know, if you're leading an organization. There, there are a couple elements there. You know, one, you have a job that you're fulfilling. And so that is an operational deal. But as a stakeholder in that organization, you should also be building value. And if you don't understand or see distinctly the two, then you're going to miss out on one or the other. And that value that you bring to your clients through services is really, really important. And, yes, you know, so, and I think there's a, there's a flip side of this as well. So we've got uh, a few members that uh, have joined here on the last few months and all. And we, we kind of go through and I think they've taken the polar opposite to that route and they're like, we don't sell anything. We're, we're just services and th- they kind of somewhere in there, I think they recognize this, but I don't know if they're really getting to the core of it in that, you know, we we don't want to be tied to that vendor or we don't want to be seen as a reseller. So they're focusing heavily on the services, which is a really good idea. But what is your service? Is your service patching? Is your service, Hey, we can replace hard drives in the sand really fast, you know? So as you develop this, as you, you know, kind of readjust perspective here, you really need to line up your value with what your organization your customers are really going to appreciate do they appreciate patching or do they appreciate uptime you know so when we say these sort of things you know you got to look at it from the business perspective so you know because the last thing i want someone doing is you know listen oh those two crazy guys said i just all i need to do is focus on you know my operational stuff you know well no that's part of the package but It needs to be in the right context. Well, operational efficiency is
0: what everybody's talking about today. Why? Because they want to save money. And we've talked about this in the podcast before. It's like, if you want to make money, if you want to make a difference, you got to build relationships. So that, yes. Okay, now that we've said, hey, stop selling retail. Like, yes, you need to sell retail. You should be able to run your company selling all assets at cost. I know terrible to say you should be able to sell all your assets at cost and software at cost. And it'd be a great marketing term for you say, Hey, we always sell at cost. I know electricians don't do this. I get that. I get that. They charge three times the price of copper, which is why you buy your own copper. So the whole point is you're not an electrician. You are a service provider that is coming in to help a business be successful. That's what you used to do until all of the big vendors out there convinced you that you needed to resell their stuff for better margin because they had a sales plan and you didn't. And so you can change that narrative by doing what Skip said, move into services. But now I can already hear the gears turning out there that you're gonna sell better patching solutions. You're gonna sell better gold support. You're gonna be uh, doing uptime again. What is your client trying to accomplish? So when I, when I get asked this question of, you know, with the, the MSPs have 10,000 solutions in their head. How do you get those and all of those in front of the client? That is somebody asking me about process. And it frustrates me to get asked that question because we're saying we need to just tell our clients everything we know and let them make a decision. Yep, absolutely no, wrong. That, absolutely that is not wrong. a relationship. That is advertising. What you need to do is build <laughs> a relationship, a yeah. which is hard. Get to know the person across the table from you. So see the last two episodes, treat your, treat your clients like human beings and say, how can I help? And come up with solutions that will, that will support them. And you will find that your profits increase because now they're not buying firewalls and patching services from you. They're now buying an ability to serve their customers in a way they couldn't before. And what does that look like? It's different for every single one of your customers. Your doctor's offices are looking for better ways to do EHR. Your um, auto, manuf- or auto, auto sales guys are looking for better ways to get their uh, cars in front of local people for SEO. They don't know what SEO is and the doctor's office doesn't care about SEO. You have to create a relationship with your client. So you know, oh, this person's interested in SEO. I've got an employee over here that's really good at that. Or we have a partnership with another company that does that really well. And this is how we're gonna help them move their product. Hey, they wanna do fleet management because they're a trucking company. Oh, you know that there are GPSs that you can put on cars for fleet tracking and inventory management. You can look into that solution with them and you charge them for that time. And that is beautiful. That is awesome. Cause now you have taken this trucking company or this medical office or this auto sales guy, and you've given them an edge over everybody else in town.
1: Right. And that's that. I think you've illustrated a, a couple of really good examples of how you can really partner with your companies. So um, <clears throat> doing, you know, um, health records or, um, you know, installing GPS, uh, devices and vehicles. Uh, most MSPs out there, that's out of scope for you, right? You're not medical professionals, and and you don't have a garage bay with a lift that you can, you know, service cars. So we we see those solutions sometimes, and I think a lot of MSPs back off. They go, okay, you guys make a decision there. Let us know, and we'll come and install the servers. We'll we'll we'll, we'll put the software out there. We'll build, you know, we'll load the database, whatever it is. And and you just look at the to-do items that you can foresee that you're doing. But if you're walking with your clients on that, if you're really understanding what's going on, this is not necessarily a simple thing. It's not something that you're going to start doing tomorrow. But if you have been having strategic conversations with your clients where they understand you really are trying to drive their business, then it's going to open the doors for them to say, Hey, I've got this vendor that keeps ringing me up. They've got this, you know, supposedly really great GPS system. And um, would you sit in on the call with me or would you come over? They're going to demo this. And I want you to be part of this process. That's going to be a real catalyst, a, real, a good indicator, I'm sorry, that your uh, involved in the right things. If if you're just getting the email that says, "Hey, we uh we just bought 50 of these devices and uh, they're installing them all our vehicles. You guys need to make the software work. If that's the first time you're hearing of that, you're you're a vendor. All right." and that wasn't a solution on your catalog list, and so you weren't part of the process. But if you're actually providing services, if you're understanding what your client needs, you're going to be a part of that process. So that's one of the elements that you dive into when you're having a QBR and you sit down and you talk with your customers. If they have a trucking company, you don't have to be an expert in trucking, but you know it's a pretty common and fairly, you know, obvious solution that you would at some point ask your customer, hey, so how are you keeping track of things? All right. And you let them walk you through that and they explain it and you go, oh, you know, I think we can fix that or, hey, there's a better solution or, you know, um, why, why don't we talk to those guys and see if there is, you know, a feature that can be turned on that fixes that problem. And now you become part of a solution rather than part of a product.
0: Yeah, and I want to give an example here. So, you know, my my classic example is these schools that I worked with. One of them had a daycare in it. <clears throat> I came into the school as a VCIO, um, and I was basically as a technical advisor. I walked in, they have all these issues, and they're talking about how they can't print. They're talking about how their computers are slow. How you know the usual rigmarole. Everybody's seen this a thousand times. But because I sat there and I listened to them and I talked to their key stakeholders and I said, hey, let's, let's have a couple of meetings. Let's talk this stuff through. And they informed me of like their biggest issues and they were sprawling out. I started creating this map in my head and I, I had written down on the, on the table. I, I use a SWOT format and I wrote down on the table all the things that were going on and I started connecting them, all the disparate pieces. I started flowing through my head and connecting them. And I started providing solutions that were lasting. Then all of a sudden, the principal goes, hey, our daycare is having issues with time clock. We really don't like what we're doing right now. What do you think about this? Do you, do you have any experience with that? I'm like, well, actually, I have some experience doing time clock systems. Do you want me to help you with the project? And I say, yes, please. And so I came in and I helped them design out a new time clock system. Not that I was the expert on time clocks. But dang, I have talked to so many IT vendors and technical vendors that talking <laughs> yeah. to time clock vendors was just—it fit right into who yeah, I was. So just another solution. And I, was able to call BS and I was able to poke holes in like some of the empty promises some made. I was able to do an alignment with what they were actually looking for, and I knew what the network looked like and who was going to support this. And I walked away from the project, and it's been what ten years, and they're still using the same time clock system, and they're happy with it. And that's the beauty of it. And it saved a bunch of time and it was a business solution because they reached out to me as an advisor because I had helped them with all these other issues that they didn't know that IPT people could solve. And the 10,000 solutions in my head are still there. But now that they have told me their story, I can connect these. It's, For lack of a better term, it's an art. It's it's a creative thing.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: In school, you're taught to sit and listen and do what you're told. You move into a small business and if you have not studied business theory, if you've not studied how to run a business, you're gonna sit there and wait for somebody to tell you what to do. And that's Dell, Lenovo, Microsoft, all the big vendors are telling you what to do and you're just following through on it like you did in school. But if you take the art kid, the art kid sits there and goes, okay, I've got these paints. I know how to do these brush strokes. What if?" I did it like this instead. And now they can take this disparate knowledge in their head and this inspiration in their head and they can put it down on paper and they make a painting or they make a pot or they make something new that did not exist before. They created something. And that thing is worth a lot of, has a lot of value to them and to people looking at it because it's new, it's interesting. Your clients have unique situations that only an MSP can solve, but they don't know to come talk to you because you're too busy selling them on software. Yes. And the things sure. you've been told to sell.
1: And it, I mean, it, the, busy selling them things is is a bit of an issue. We, we run into this in a variety of ways um, and, and it's built up this perception with businesses and IT providers. And and they're really battling it because there's, you know, MSPs out there that really are trying, you know, to get alignment and do the right things. And they go to their customer with something. And many times because of just, you know, the way things have been structured for a while, those businesses are, are instinctively pushing back because they feel that they're just being sold something. All right? And so we've got to we've got to break that barrier. So I, I thought of a quick little test you can do. So take a handful of your customers, just two or three even, and look at their major technology systems that they're using. You know, back to picking up our example earlier, in you know, a trucking company, if they're using some sort of fleet management system, without going into really nitty gritty details, do you know why that customer picked that solution? Why, why is that particular software there versus the competitor that's out there? And when
0: was the last time they
1: evaluated that solution? When was the last time? Yep. And if you don't have any idea why they picked that solution, then you definitely weren't part of the process. And, and, You know, if you can't have those sort of conversations with your clients, you are just going to be a vendor. You are going to be the one that is getting a retailer, retailer, you know, that someone said, hey, we we need this part. You know, the uh, how many times has this happened? You you know, your customer picks something and that third party vendor, you know, says we only do this. We need uh, this type of switch installed in the data center. All right. And you're like, I don't support that type of switch. Well, tough. You weren't part of the process. Right. And, and so now you're you're in the battle, you know, or this server, what, whatever it is. And you've got to understand why. Why is this technology needed? What is driving the business in, in getting that going? So, you know, be a part of that process. If maybe you do know some of those reasons, did you learn those reasons firsthand or did they tell you after the fact? Uh, After the fact will at least be better, at least you know, but you need to have that firsthand experience of why your customers are utilizing a given technology.
0: Yeah, and you need to be, you have to earn that seat. You do, you You you, do. You don't, you automatically, some people automatically give it to you, but you gotta earn it by providing out of the box solutions in other areas. If you're focused on just retail, if you're just focused on like how many switches, how many uh, servers, how many laptops you sold, then you're you're just that's what you're going to be. You're going to be a retailer. Might as well just like the brick and mortars back in the day where we sold PCs. We how many mice can we sell? Computer how many stores. keyboards can we sell? That's where I got started, man. Our computer store again. I love computers. Don't get me wrong. I love working in computer stores. It was fantastic. Yeah, I had a blast. I, it, was, it was one of the happier days of my technical career, but that's behind me. What you need to do now is provide solutions with the 10,000 things in your head that only you can bring to a business and stop being a retailer. Because again, the biggest problem facing MSPs today is you've been convinced to be retailers because you don't know how to sell.
1: <clears throat>
0: and these, this will always be a problem until you can acknowledge the issue so you can identify, oh my gosh, oh man, we, for lack of a better term, we're Cisco's bitch right now. You know, we want to be that gold certified partner so that we get the margins. They have they have gotten into you, and they've they've gamified you so much that you see Microsoft Gold Certified Partner or Mike, or Cisco Certified Gold or whatever the current crown jewel is that you need to fight to earn. This being the purpose of your MSP. And so I can tell you, like I ran Cisco shops for years, and I wasn't gold certified. I know there's benefits that come with it, but why do you care so much? So look out. Next time you go to a vendor expo, look at that floor. Look at all those people out there. They're trying to convince you that their solution, kind I'm of, I'm on the floor too. I'm one of the booths sitting there. They're trying to convince you of problems you don't have that they have solutions for. And then they will try to show you this problem that you're having. And it's all focused on operational efficiency right now. Watch it. When you're on that vendor floor, I'm I'm being your advocate here. They all want operational efficiency. They want you to see that your operational efficiency is a problem, why? Because it's really easy to fix operational inefficiency. It's super easy to fix. And so it's easy to exploit. It's easy to say, if you use our asset management tool, you're gonna save this much money and this much effort every day. Aren't you tired of dealing with your assets every day? Or you're going to walk over to the next one and say, hey, aren't you tired of patching all the time? We've got a patch management solution that's going to make it faster and easier for you. Look on that floor and see how many of them are actually helping you have a better customer experience. Look at Smileback. Smileback reaches out and gets feedback from your customers and say, how are we doing? And that's a great thing. And it's a fantastic tool versus other tools that say, hey, we'll help your uh we'll help you uh close tickets faster. Okay, how does it help the customer experience? Well, if we close tickets faster, the customer's happier. Are they?
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, what, what, what if they didn't, have,
0: yeah. easy what, way if they to didn't have to open a ticket? <laughs> you know? What if they didn't have to open it in the first place? What if the um, the customer was was not looking at you for break-fix so much as they were looking at you to come in and pay five grand a month to help them solve problems? That they give you a seat at the table so that you can help them on a monthly basis, daily basis, understand what things are going on in their company that help them build better uh, client relationships with their clients. What if you partnered with them to become a business solution provider? An, an employee costs around ten grand in an IT role and you're only getting paid pennies of that. You, let's say you've got a big contract, you're really happy about it, it's at $8,000. You're still less than an FTE. And you have it at the table. And the reason they're nickel and diming you is because you keep selling them software and hardware and you're making all of your margin there and they're trying to eat into that margin. You shouldn't care. You should be able to say, hey, look, we're giving you this, as I said earlier, you give, we're giving this at cost because we are not a retailer. That's not, where we make our, that's not where we make our money. We make our money in service delivery and value and helping your company succeed. Then you're going to start making dollars. You're going to be making profits because you're driving their profits so they can pay you more. Like, holy crap, we worked with Adam that, Walter. Yes. We doubled our attendance in our school after that because our teachers were able to do more and now we're really happy. What, else, what other solutions does Adam have? Hey, let's talk to him about that timesheet issue. Let's talk to him about the uh, VR issue. When we start doing VR in schools. How do we do that? And they
1: don't. There's a really important concept there. I mean, th- and, and this is simple, but I think sometimes we don't think through this well enough. If your clients are able to see that they make an investment in technology and it helps their business, they make more money all right they have more money to spend and when they see that they're they're going to be more than willing to reinvest in even more technology but if there's if there's a disconnect there then every every invoice every quote that comes across them they're looking at that and they're just seeing this is just money going out if they don't see that it's also creating the money coming in to their organization then there's always constant conflict there. They're always looking, hey, this this is, a, this is a drain on our finances. How can we minimize this drain? And that, that becomes the theme, minimizing the drain, minimizing the drain. But if we turn that around and they see technology as an investment, well, how many times do people want to increase their investments? Right. Whenever they see a, a better return, they, they want to increase even more. And they see more return, more investments, and you get yourself into a completely different cycle. So are you a drain on their finances? Or are you an investment in their finances? Those, those really kind of help divide the two directions.
0: Yeah. And there's a reason why if you look in our software, like <clears throat> for those of you who are clients, that we have you list out what is, what is their top goal for the year. It's, it's right front and center on the dashboard. And there's a reason why in most of of our recommendations, there's an area that says, what business problem does this solve? You're bringing a PC in today and you're replacing Janet's computer. What business problem are you solving for them? Well, Janet's the accountant. She's the, or she's the lead controller. And she needs to be able to work smoothly all through this next four months because of tax season. And she can get it done just a little bit early. She can start working on the profit margins for the company next year, or she can work on improving budgets earlier. And so you're solving a problem for them by helping Janet. So, but if you just replace Janet's computer and you walk away, not understanding that she's going to have one hard quarter coming up. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're going to say, oh, I replaced the PC and you went home, you did a good job. And say, hey, is there anything coming up that I can help you with? That's usually a pain point during a uh, tax season. Well, you know what? It takes forever to get anywhere on the internet from my computer. And I, I work with these large QuickBook files and I'm constantly pushing them around like, Hey, you know what, let's upgrade your internet for the next four months to make things easier for you. Yep. And then you identify that problem. It's really quick, quick conversation because you're trying to understand who Jen is and build that relationship. And in my career. Never have I seen it, where an IT person builds a relationship with a business user where they didn't come up with some solution. Because I people by default solve problems. Yes, But we don't have a problem, we won't solve it. So go out, build relationships, stop being a retail. You can still do retail, you can still sell your software and hardware, but somebody's gonna get it from somewhere. And if you need to put margins on it, put margins on it. But I'm telling you, that should not be your primary focus. That's just an OPEX. That's just operational expenditures on the back end. You need to be building relationships so you can provide solutions that take your client to the next level. So when they look at your, your ask next year, when you say you want $300,000 in the budget, they go, oh, yeah, these guys made us five hundred dollars last year. Yeah. Oh, why not? Our business runs so much better. And then a competitor tries to come in and underbid you. They're like, who the heck are you? Yeah. You know, yeah. we we love Alice. Alice yeah, we- has been solving our business problems. She did it so that we don't have to fill out timesheets by hand anymore. Yeah, Alice made okay. it so and- that our building is safer because she worked with the physical security providers to find a better card system for, or, uh, for logging in with FOBs. And that is what Alice did for us. We have a relationship there. And there is no force on the planet that is going to oust Alice as the service provider.
1: That and is going to be, I think... Yeah, I think that's gonna be a key indicator is when those competitors come in to your customers, their response is going to be, you don't know me. Why, why would I buy from you? You don't know me like my my, my other people do. And that's the relationship great. you want. It's not, hey, my, you know, my my current provider already gives me a great deal. All right. Great deals are, you know, they abound. Somebody can always provide a great deal. But if a competitor comes in and their response is no, I'll consider the deal because that's all the relationship is based on. You're in a bad spot. But if a competitor comes in and they go, hey, I don't know you. I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. These guys know me. They help me. They're they're focused. They're supporting me as an organization. Not you know minimizing the drain on on my IT account. That's where you here's to your guys' here's your guys's wake up call. I did zero
0: break fix when I started out. None. I did not touch a single asset. I didn't have domain credentials. I had nothing. And these schools were paying me two to three times what they're paying the MSP to do break fix because I built a relationship with them. Then I had the command to be able to help them pick the MSP that they were going to go with to solve all these problems. Cause I wasn't going to do break fix. They wanted this problem solved. They needed to hire a technical company to come break fix. I was not going to do it. And so what happened was I was being paid more than you. You're working three, four times harder than I am. You're selling software, you're installing PCs, you're doing all this stuff and it's great. And I'm coming in for an hour or two every week and I am making five, three to five times what you're doing. That is the wake up call. And that's why people say, oh, VCIO, it's worth so much. Yes, it is. But you're still doing it wrong because you're treating it like a business analyst role. You're trying to, you know, go in and say, what are your your workflow processes? Like, no, stop that. That's a business analyst. A CIO should walk into the CEO and say, what are the biggest problems facing your company? Let me talk to some of your key stakeholders. And let's see if I can't come up with some solutions out of the box that are going to help your staff function more function better and move to that next level. Because right now it's really easy to walk into a business and follow the procedure and say, Oh, you you have 20% of your PCs are this old. Uh, 10% of your software is unpatched. 90% of your vulnerabilities have not been dealt with. And now you can say, here's all the metrics we're going to chase for the next year. And none of them relate back to the business process. That's, and that's problem. the problem. The biggest problem facing MSPs today is that you have been tricked into being retailers. Instead of service providers. Because it's easy. When you walk onto the vendor floor in any of these, uh, any of these um, events coming up, these conferences coming up, look out there. Look how many of them are going to help you be more operationally efficient and look out and see how many of them are going to help you service your clients better and help your clients succeed.
1: Clients just do what you're important. Yes, you've got to rant focus on that.
0: That's what you are built for. So that's what I have to say. That's my rant. That's what I've been kind of like doing on for the last couple of months. And it's really like resonated well with me. And I wanted to do a podcast on it. And I had to wait till after the holidays when things were really started clicking together. So thank you, Skip, for coming on. The biggest problem with MSBs today is that you are being tricked into being retailers by Microsoft and all the big vendors out there, and you have so much more to offer. Ask better questions, build relationships, have a beer with your client for the love of God. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Skip. And we'll see everyone next week. See ya. Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also, encourage others who want to see IT transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help.